Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company, and they're all in uniform. This is Bill Goodwin, inviting all you servicemen and women to enjoy another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, our tenor Jimmy Cash, and Felix Mills and his orchestra. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Well, it seems that the latest fad among the housewives of America is to attend the auctions of second-hand furniture and antiques which are being held in just about every town. Gracie and her neighbor, Mrs. Morton, are no exception. A dollar twenty is bid. How about a dollar twenty-five? A dollar thirty. The little lady bids a dollar thirty. How about a dollar thirty-five? A dollar forty. <laughs> little lady says a dollar forty. How about a dollar forty-five? Dollar fifty. <laughs> A dollar fifty. How about a dollar fifty-five? A dollar sixty. Sold to the lady for a dollar sixty. Gracie, why do you keep bidding? Oh, Blanche, that man on the platform doesn't scare me just because he's got a hammer in his hand. <laughs> I've outbid him every time. Dollar sixty for the coffee grinder wasn't bad, but you certainly paid a big price for that bedspread. Yeah, that was a mistake. You see, I bought that for Tootsie Sagwell. I thought at last I was getting her a handsome man. By getting her a bedspread? Well, when the man said with tufts, how did I know he didn't mean sunny? <laughs> Pardon me, ladies. The articles you bought this afternoon come to exactly $40. Oh, good grief. I didn't know we bought that much. I'm almost broke, Gracie. Me too. Uh, Mr. Auctioneer, just send us a bill the first of the month. Oh, sorry. This is a cash deal. If you can't pay, you shouldn't have bid. Can't pay? My good man, have you a blank check on the southeast branch of the Northwest Canadian Farmers and Merchants Banking and Trust Company? Yes. You, you have? <laughs> Gee, Blanche, that usually stops them. Well, I'll hold your things until 7 o'clock. If you aren't here with the money, they'll be sold. Bye, buddy. Oh, gee, we don't want to lose those wonderful antiques. Guess there's only one thing to do, Blanche. You ask your husband for 20, and I'll ask my husband for 20. All right. But let's face it, Gracie, getting $20 out of our husbands is going to be like pulling their teeth. Yeah. Well, come along, Dr. Cowan. <laughs> Coming, Dr. Beecham. The car's in the garage, Blanche. George is home. So's Harry. Do you think George will give you the $20, Gracie? Oh, sure. I've got a system that never fails. Flattery. I tell him how sweet he is, handsome and smart. That's the system I use on Harry. And then if that fails, I slug him with a bowl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've never laid a bowl on George. Except to cut his hair. Well, just so you get the 20 I'll check with you later. Hello, honey. But, Johnny, what are you doing here? Johnny? You... Oh, it's you, George. I thought you were Johnny Weissmuller. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. Of course, now that my eyes are used to this light, I see it was a silly mistake. 
You're much younger than that. Oh, I'm not so much younger than Weissmuller. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> well, right now you look like 20 to me. I do? Yeah, and you have a much better figure than Weissmuller, too. He thinks he's so much going around pounding on his chest. Now, your chest looks like it's really been pounded. <laughs> You're my big, strong, handsome, generous ape man. Percy, whenever you flatter me like this, you usually wind up asking for money. Really? Do you usually give it to me? <laughs> yes. You're my big, All strong, right, handsome. all right, all right. That's enough. Is that $20 worth already? What do you want $20 for? Well, I thought... Don't tell me you want to buy some more of those stupid antiques you've been lugging home from those auctions. Don't tell you that, huh? <laughs> well, because I wouldn't give you a penny. Look at this house. Churns, umbrella stands, coffee grinder, bedposts. All of which I make into useful articles of furniture, George. Now, yesterday I brought home an old brass coffee pot and made it into a table lamp. Well, what became of the table lamp we had? I made that into a tea kettle. Well, what happened to our tea kettle? I made that into a flower pot. And the flower pot? That's now a darling little radio. What's become of the little radio we had? Well, I had to have something to boil water in. Why didn't you use the table lamp? Oh, George, now you're being silly. Yes, I'm very silly. What antiques did you buy today? Oh, something we'll be needing, dear. I bought a baby bed. A baby bed? And a... Now, of all the silly things... A baby bed? <laughs> you mean you're... We're going to have some use for a baby bed? Well, we certainly are, darling. Oh, gee, honey, sit down. Uh, when, when do you expect to start using this baby bed? Just as soon as I can make it into a coffee table. Oh, nuts. That's all we need yet. An antique baby bed made into an antique coffee table. Come in. I don't want that piece of junk around the house. Oh, oh, excuse me. Did I step into the middle of a family tip? Oh, hello, Bill. Trying to convince my wife that it's silly to keep a useless old broken down antique around the house and she ought to get rid of it. But, George, where'll you go? <laughs> You're a scream, Willie. I'm going upstairs. Oh, Bill, now you've made him mad, and I never will get the 20 I need. Uh, unless, uh, maybe I borrowed it from you? Well, sure, Gracie. I can let you have 20. Oh, you're a piece Bill. Oh, I'm glad to do it. I sure 20's enough. You can have 40 if you want it. <laughs> well, Bill, will you lend me the $20? George wouldn't give me a cent. Well, gee, Gracie, I, I really haven't got it. Besides, if George doesn't give you any money, you can't pay it back. Can't pay it back? My good man, have you a blank check on the southeast branch of the Northwest Canadian Farmers and Merchants Banking and Trust Company? Yes. I must find a new bank. <laughs> Cash, our young tenor, sings for you the romantic ballad, It Could Happen to You. Sing it, Jimmy. Hide your heart from sight, lock your dreams at night, 
way I can get $20 from George. Well, why don't you wait till he goes to sleep and take the money out of his bill for? Oh, no, he'd wake up. Oh, not if you were real quiet. Oh, yes, he would. I'd have to turn him on his back to get to the inside pocket of his nightgown. <laughs> Gracie, you mean he sleeps on that little round tummy of his? Oh, yes. You see, his feet and his head kind of balanced, and with just a little start, he can rock himself to sleep. <laughs> Let's get pretty seasick in an earthquake. Yeah. Well, you see, Bill, the trouble is that I don't dare tell George what the $20 is for. If he finds out it's to pay for antiques, he'll have a fit. Here he comes downstairs. Tracy, I'll see you a little later. I'm going to run down to the cigar store. Oh, oh George, before you go, uh, can I have that $20? What's it for? Uh, two tens will be all right. Or four fives. What's it for? Oh, you can give me five fours. What's the $20 for? Oh, three sixes and a two. Gracie, I'm not giving you any money until you tell me what you want it for. You're not? No. Oh. Well, so long, dear. So long. Oh, wait a minute, George. Oh, I'm going to put the back down here. Oh, yes. I forgot to kiss you goodbye. No, you forgot to give me the $20. <laughs> What's it for? Oh, it's so long, dear. Oh, nuts. Oh, there's a man for you. If I had my way, there wouldn't be any men in this world. Just women and children. Jones sends his deepest regret. Elsa. 
to the members of the flock who are new around here. There's something about the deacon that we want to make clear. Who is honored and respected Deacon Jones? Who's so kind and unaffected Deacon Jones? When a sinner's moaning low, who will share his tale of woe? Bloody Lord, hallelujah, Deacon Jones. Who's so handsome and good-looking? Deacon Jones. Yes, sir. Shakespeare. 
And that great big figure of Hercules. Yeah. Oh, I especially wanted that to put in our bedroom. Uh, and then when George is away on a business trip or something and I'm lonesome for him, I would just look at that figure of Hercules and it would remind me of our honeymoon. It would? Yes. The man who owned the hotel where we stayed was built just like that. <laughs> Gracie, why do our husbands have to be such tightwads? Yeah. You, you'd never know George is the same man who wrote me those passionate love letters. George wrote passionate love letters? Yeah, before we were married. I keep them right here in this desk drawer. So, now, listen to this, lad. Dearest Funny Bunny. Funny Bunny? Well, he has lots of names for me. Funny Bunny, Weejikins, Lollipop Pie, do tell me more. Well, no, the other ones were just silly. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, dearest funny bunny, tonight as I think of you, my heart beats like a dynamo in my bosom. I am all a tingle with the electricity of love. <laughs> well, Blanche, what do you think of that? Wonderful. Too bad he had a short circuit later on. <laughs> okay, then, more. Until I heard from you today, there was no sunshine in my life. I was on the verge of leaving my hotel and wandering through the streets, but your sweet letter came in time. Thanks for the 20 bucks. Now I recognize the style. Well, you know something, Blanche? I ought to leave this letter around so George could see it. That would remind him how sweet he used to be. I see an idea. Where would he be sure to see you? Mm, well, see now, when he comes home after a hard day at the office, he usually makes a beeline for the rice. He does? Yeah, so I'll leave it in the bread box. <laughs> I think I'd just leave it here on the table, Gracie. Yeah. Oh, all right, Blanche. Oh, Gracie. Hey, Gracie. I guess she's out. Probably a note for me here on the table. Wait a minute. This envelope is addressed to Gracie. Dearest Funny Bunny. Dynamo in my bosom? Electricity of blood? Thanks for the 20 bucks. Holy smoke. So that's what she wanted the twenty dollars for. Gracie has got a gigolo. Time for Felix Mills in the orchestra. Here, Kentucky.
Well, George found a love letter addressed to Gracie asking her for money. Now, he doesn't remember that he wrote it himself about ten years ago, so he thinks Gracie is being pursued by a gigolo. Meanwhile, Gracie is on the telephone having her own troubles with the auctioneer. But I'm trying to get that $20 for you, Mr. Auctioneer. No, no, please don't call my husband for it. My goodness, if he knew I bought all those antiques, he'd be furious. Gracie! Oh, oh, I'll have to hang up now. I hear my husband coming. Goodbye. Gracie, I found out who you wanted that $20 for. You did? Yeah. Well, he wants it right away. He just telephoned me. Gracie, why give that man money? What has he got that I haven't got? Oh, George, you should see that big, beautiful chest with Napoleon's picture on it. <laughs> he, he let you see his chest? Well, I even pounded on it to see how strong it was. Gracie, you didn't. Well, sure, lots of women did, even Mrs. Martin. There are other women who see him? Why, George, you can't get near his place. It's mobbed with women. They bid against each other. <laughs> this guy must be the new Van Johnson. Gracie, what made you start a thing like this? Well, George, it's your fault. My fault? You told me to find myself a hobby. <laughs> Well, that's a fine hobby. Well, would you rather have me play bridge like the other women? I certainly would. Oh, George, you're just prejudiced. Oh, why don't you come along with me tonight? You'd enjoy it. Me? Well, certainly. He's got the bust of Shakespeare, and he's got the figure of Hercules, and he's I don't want to hear anymore. I'll see you later. Oh, my goodness. Never saw a man so dead set against antiques. Well... I, I still got to get that $20 somehow. Come in. Hello again, Mrs. Burns. I was so excited when I was here before, I forgot to give you your mail. Oh, Mr. Postman, am I glad to see you. Have you got $20? Why, yes. Oh, would you lend it to me? Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Burns, but my wife gave me this $20 to buy your suit this afternoon. If I come home without a suit, she'll have a tizzy. Oh, I see. Buy a suit, huh? How would you like to buy one of Mr. Burns' suits? Oh, I could never buy the kind of suit Mr. Burns wears. My wife wouldn't let me spend that kind of money. She wouldn't? Oh, no. She makes me spend at least $18 for a suit. Well, just take a look at my husband's things. They're right here in this hall closet. Now, here's a beautiful pair of lounging pajamas. Oh, they are nice. I just love those flowers on them. And I'm afraid the pants wouldn't fit me. Oh, nonsense. You just gather them up in the back and you'll have a beautiful bouquet to sit on. <laughs> well... Oh, and here's a handsome sports jacket, Mr. Postman. Why don't you slip it on? All right, I will. Oh, my goodness, this doesn't fit me at all. Feels awfully lumpy in the back. Well, no wonder your mailbag is underneath it. <laughs> Move your bag around to the front and it'll fit you just like it does George. I'll take it. Oh, good. And how about this nice double vest? What's that? Hey, Bill. 
Why, George, what are you doing hiding behind those bushes? Shh. I'm waiting for someone. Why, you little rascal, is she cute? <laughs> no. Some gigolo is trying to take Gracie away from me. And I'm watching the house to see who it is. No fooling. Well, has anybody gone in? Nobody but the postman so far. Oh, the postman. Oh, well, there's nothing to worry. Wait a minute. The postman? George, he's the guy. Now, Bill. It's true. I overheard him talking to Gracie this morning, and he was given out with a big romantic line. The postman? Yes, Bill, don't be ridiculous. What could Gracie see in that scrawny, broken-down little runt? Well, maybe she likes your type. <laughs> and it's just the postman. Bill, how could you think that a little sort of... Hey, he's carrying my suit. And my shoes. And my sports jacket. Why, he's even got my shaving mirror. Oh, George, you're looking at the pants of your blue serge suit. <laughs> the postman is the gigolo. Gracie couldn't get the money for him. So she's giving him my clothes instead. Why, I'll break every... Bill, hand me a club. Oh, never mind. Hey, Mr. Postman, come here. You call me Mr. Burns. Yeah. Put up your fist, you little gigolo. Oh, help, Mrs. Burns. Mrs. Burns, help. George, what are you... Why, George Burns, the idea of picking on that little postman. You let go of him this minute so he can get up off your chest. <laughs> Okay, but I've caught you. So he's the gigolo who wanted that you wanted the twenty dollars for. Gigolo, what gigolo? I wanted the twenty dollars to pay the auctioneer for the antiques I bought today. <laughs> what's uh, what's so funny? The postman, my gigolo. <laughs> the idea of you thinking I'd have a postal packing popper. <laughs> okay, but who wrote you this love letter? Let me see. Why, George, you wrote this to me. I did? Well, certainly. I've saved every one of your love letters, darling. Really? Well, sure. It's the only record I have of how much you owe me. Come, let's go in the house. George and Gracie will be back in a second. just been looking over the bills for these antiques. Do you realize that in the last month you've spent $160 of my hard-earned money? Well, George, if that's the way you feel about it, I'll pay you back. You can't pay me back. You haven't got any money. Haven't got any money? My dear husband, have you a blank check on the southeast branch of, of the, the Northwest, Northwest Canadian, Canadian Power Line? Good night. <laughs> 
This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.